This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, Amen. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus asks the people about the time when they went out to see John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness. And he asks them these questions. What did you go out to see? A reed shaking in the wind? A man dressed in nice clothing? What did you go out to see? We'll answer that question in a few minutes. But first, I want to ask you that very same question. Dear Christian, what have you come here to see? Why have you come here tonight? Why have you ventured out into the wind and weather and dust and who knows what else is going on? Did you come only for a soup supper? A pre-church meal? Did you come to see a reed shaken in the wind? After today, can you imagine what a cattail looks like right now? Out there on the edge of a slough. Shaking back and forth, moving around excitedly. Probably making quite a bit of noise. You can even hear the wind rattling our shingles right now. What did you come here to see? A pastor acting like a reed, shaking in the wind? Preaching loudly, rushing up and down the aisles? Did you expect the congregation to stand up and wave their arms like reeds in the wind? Moving around the same way the trees have all day long? Did you expect to hear the sound roaring here in this church building, just as the wind roared earlier? Music that is so peppy it penetrates even to the depth of your soul. Is that why you have come here tonight? Did you come here to see a man dressed in fine clothing? After all, the pastor wears his fancy orb, his fancy stoles. Even when we have the communion, we wear those fancy colored dresses, right? Is that why you're here? To see what the pastor's wearing? What if it was a thousand dollar suit that I was wearing instead? Signifying that if you had faith like me, you too could have thousand dollar suits and maybe million-dollar homes. Is that what we come to church for? What have you come here tonight to see? Is it the children and their Christmas program? In one sense, it's kind of a combination of the reed shaking in the wind and the man dressed in fine clothing. Look up there at them. They're all dressed in their Christmas finest. And they have been singing loudly, haven't they? Is that what you have come here to see? 
Is it? Why come to church? Wouldn't it have been easier to stay home? To sit on the couch? To weather the storm in the comfort of your own bed with your flannel pajamas on watching reruns? What have you come here for? Dear Christian, if you've come for any of the reasons that I've mentioned so far, to see the pastor, to hear the sounds, to visit, to gossip, then repent. You see, we're not here merely for sights, sounds, excitement of life, entertainment, or anything like that. We're not here for a fashion show. As hard as it may be to understand, we're not even here merely to watch the children's Christmas program. Why are we here? To receive Jesus. We learn that in our gospel lesson for tonight. John the Baptist has been imprisoned, thrown in jail for preaching God's word faithfully, preaching repentance for the kingdom of heaven is near. John preached God's word faithfully, even to the rulers of his day and age. The thing that got him in trouble? He preached about sexual immorality that was present in the Herodian dynasty. You see, Herod Antipas had married his niece, who formerly had been married to his brother. John the Baptist said, that's sin. And it is. And it was. But when you get on the wrong side of the ruler, you go to jail. That's where John was. But even from jail, John is a faithful preacher of God's word. He sends his own disciples to Jesus to go see him, to learn why he's come, to find out what he's doing for their benefit, so that they also might believe and be saved. John's disciples come before Jesus and they say, Hey, John, Jesus sent us to ask you if you're the Christ. And Jesus says, look at what I'm doing. Healing the blind, the deaf, the lame, even raising the dead. That should answer your question. You see, Jesus likes it when people hear God's word and thereby come to see him. So when they leave, Jesus emphasizes how important hearing God's word preached is. He points out how important it is by asking them the question that we've been talking about tonight. What did you go out in the wilderness to see when you saw John the Baptist? Did you go to see a reed shaking in the wind? Did you go to see 
a man dressed in fine clothing. No, even if John was a dynamic preacher, it wasn't his preaching style that they went to see. They went to hear his word. And we know that John didn't dress in soft clothing. He wore camel's hair and a leather belt. What did they go to see? Perhaps a better question, what did they go to hear? They went to hear God's word, preached and taught in its truth and purity, something that was hard to find in that day and that age. They went to hear John preach the truth about their sin. A guy who's not afraid to tell the ruler his sin will certainly tell us our own sin, right? And if we know our sin, perhaps we also might hear how we're saved. So John preached the truth, and people went to hear John preached, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Repent of your sin. Repent of sin. Repent of all the things that they were doing constantly wrong against God's word. Repent and believe the gospel, the good news that the kingdom of God is drawing near, that it's coming, that its advent is right around the corner. And having called those people to repentance, John the Baptist pointed them to Jesus. Pointed them to Jesus for salvation for eternity, and for forgiveness. John the Baptist pointed people to Jesus, saying this in John's Gospel, Behold Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And with those words, people left John behind and followed Christ instead. Let me ask you one more time, dear Christian. Why are you here tonight? You're not here for shaking reeds, fine clothing. You are here for God's word, for Jesus. What does the word of God in Jesus say to you? The very same thing it said to those so long ago. It says repent. Repent of your sin. Repent of your guilt. Repent of all the horrible things that you do against the God's word. Repent of thinking that church is here for entertainment, for sightseeing. Repent of thinking that by being here, you are checking off boxes on God's to-do list of salvation so that you might save yourself. Repent of being more concerned about the things going on in the world than your eternal salvation. Repent of loving money more than God. 
You brood of vipers, repent of following the whispers of that ancient serpent, the devil, who tells you that you can be your own God. You can save yourself from dying with these three easy steps. Repent of thinking that just because your name is written in the church record book, you'll be saved, even if you don't actually believe in Jesus. Repent of zoning out in sermons. Repent of watching people across the sanctuary so that you can gossip about them later rather than singing the hymns of the church. Repent of wandering around the church, visiting with people during Bible study or divine service rather than being here receiving God's gifts. Repent of thinking that just because you serve in an office of the church, that you also don't need to hear God's word. Repent of believing that because you have already learned tremendous Christian head knowledge, that you don't need to keep coming to be regularly fed by God's word. Repent. Repent. Repent and look to Jesus. John preached God's word probably much more boldly than I ever have and then sent people to see Jesus. You, dear Christian, also need to see Jesus. Look what he does. He makes the blind see. He opens the ears of the deaf. He raises the dead. He preaches good news and salvation. If he does those things, surely... He can save you and me from our sins also. And save us, he does. All the sin that we've spoken of so far, all the sin that's in us that we haven't talked about, all sin, period, Jesus takes upon his own shoulders. He takes it away from you. Washing it away from you in the waters of holy baptism and placing it squarely upon his own shoulders. Your sin of misunderstanding what the church is for, Christ takes on. Your sin of despising God's word, Jesus tackles. Your sin of making Christmas time more about chestnuts, open fires, mistletoe, and Rudolph. God forgives in Jesus. Every last sin that you have ever committed, every last wicked thought that has ever been through your mind, in the waters of holy baptism, Jesus took away from you 
and carried in your place. Carrying your sin, Jesus went to Jerusalem to die the death that you deserve, to pay the punishment you owed, to forgive your sin by shedding his blood on a cross. He dies for you. He suffers for you. He's buried and dead for you. And he raises from the dead on the third day so that you might believe and know that one day you also will rise to live forever before God in his kingdom, all because of what Jesus has done for you. He's earned your eternal forgiveness. He gives you that gift here in church through the word and through the sacraments, the things that our service is built around. That's why you are here. That's what you've come to see, to hear, and to receive. There is no other place on earth that is as important for you to be at than right here receiving Christ's gifts in his very presence. That's why John the Baptist, when he knew his end was near, sent his disciples to see Jesus. That's why every prophet foretold looking ahead about Jesus. That's why every pastor who's worth his salt draws your attention to Jesus. That's why you're here. It doesn't matter whether the pastor preaches loud and boisterously or soft and quietly as long as he preaches about Jesus. It doesn't matter if he wears a brand new fancy chasuble with gold embroidery or his same old worn out shoes as long as he preaches about Jesus. It doesn't matter if he's a reed shaking in the wind or a calm man, a man in soft clothes or a man in camel hair with a leather belt. You're here to receive Jesus. Look at your Lord and your Savior and the gifts he freely gives. And since you've been here to see Jesus, to receive his gifts, it changes the way we live our lives. Now we are glad to be here tonight while the wind blows outside for the children's Christmas program. We're glad to be here because we see them and hear them sing the very same faith that is the hope of all of us. The faith that we also love. We're glad to be here at church, whether the pastor's wearing his old shoes or his fancy robes. 
because the pastor's here to give us Jesus. We're glad to be here. We're glad then also to go out and live as Christians in our day-to-day life, inviting more to come and see the Savior of the world who's died for all of our sins and granted us eternal life. We're glad to be here. We look forward to coming here. We look forward to Christmas being around the corner, knowing that it means Christ has come to save us. We're glad to be here and we look forward to eternity where we will be with God in his kingdom. God gives his gifts and we rejoice at what he pours out upon us. Why are we here? What have we come to see? Only Jesus. Only his word. Only his grace, his mercy, and his love. We are here for Jesus and Jesus alone. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.